0: you are listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast. This podcast is for people who want to know the grace of God and how it changes the way we interact with the world. I'm your host, author Darlene Bojek, and in this episode, we are going to find out together what 1 Corinthians has to say about grace. I have not peaked. So I am discovering this along with you. I am excited about 1 Corinthians. I always love reading it uh, because, as you know, it has the chapter about love. And we've discovered that grace is an outflow of grace, isn't it? Grace upon grace, as another verse says about Christ. So before we begin, I wanted to uh, read the, so far, the definitions. Uh, we have five words in the New Testament that are in the grace family. Karis, which is properly grace, it's preeminently used of the Lord's favor, freely extended to give himself away to people because he's always leaning toward them. So it has a feeling of leaning. Okay, the second word is kara, which is properly the awareness of God's grace favor. It's also called joy. You could say it's grace recognized. And related to that is Cairo, which is properly to delight in God's grace, to rejoice. Literally, to experience God's grace or be conscious, glad for his grace. So we said how real joy is tied to grace. It's tied to it coming from the hand of God. My cup runneth over, you could say. Then we have the word karitu, which is properly highly favored because they are receptive to God's grace. We did see that in Luke, and we're going to get more into it when we get to Ephesians. We have then we have charisma. And charisma is properly the operation of grace. The operation of grace or of divine favor. So I have been creating a bookmark with all of these, a really pretty bookmark, and I'm going to be having that uh, for free download on my um, on my website, graceandmercypodcast.com. So make sure you take a look over there, download your bookmark, print it out and use it in your Bible as you do your Bible study that can help you in your uh, in your study of the word grace. So. Before we begin, I have a quote from Spurgeon. I read this yesterday. I was so blessed by this. I wanted to share it with you. Admire the marvelous sovereign grace which could have chosen us in the sight of all this. Wonder at the price that was paid for us when Christ knew what we should be. He who hung upon the cross foresaw us as unbelieving, backsliding, cold of heart, Indifferent, careless, lax in prayer. And yet he said, I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. O redemption, how wondrously resplendent dost thou shine when we think how black we are. Oh, Holy Spirit, give us henceforth the hearing ear, the understanding heart. I really like that quote. It was in the context of Bible reading, uh, devotional, that Spurgeon had. And he was talking about how our unfaithfulness is part of God's faithfulness. He knows we're going to be unfaithful. And yet he still loves us. Remember the story of Hosea. And like in the ho- story of Hosea, it was abominable. And yet he covered over the abomination with his own life, with his his own honor. Christ gave up the glory in order to cover over the abomination, to be our Passover lamb, to be our sacrifice, because he has this vision of what we will be in heaven for eternity with him. So 1 Corinthians has a bunch of verses on grace. The words we're going to see are charis, charisma, and cairo. We're not going to see kara there. So let's get started. Let us start with the word Let's start with the word charisma this time. We have the first occurrence, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, right in the beginning. He says, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you, therefore you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the interesting thing about this word, the spiritual gift, here we have the package that's being that's going through the charisma machine, right? The spiritual gift, it's coming down from the Father, it's going into our lives, it's going out into the church and then out from the church into the world. So he says, you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we do not yet have our righteousness that we've been promised, but he gives us the spirit as an as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come he starts in us this this life of grace i bet you that heaven is just one great big charisma machine i bet you that's what it is and we're practicing the easy part of it is not going to be those those bad guys you know they're we're going to be patient because Christ is patient. He gives us his patience. We'll be as patient as Christ. We're going to be loving. We're going to be as kind. We're going to be as wise as Christ. Uh, wisdom, as a, as a gift from God. Of course, we're not going to be omniscient or omnipresent, the divine characteristics, but we will have the, the righteousness of God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and we will have the wisdom of God we're gonna have a jolly old time as they say i I really can't I can't picture it i i it's um it's kind of like a present under the tree that's wrapped and you kind of look at the shape you kind of can maybe if you take a risk you shake it to hear what it is you you smell it you feel how heavy it is but you don't exactly see it. We know that we will be with Christ and that's that's the best thing. You know, when before I got married, I um my actually my husband Fikret proposed to me and I was actually surprised because it kind of happened kind of fast. I wasn't expecting him to propose. And I said, "Well, what is marriage?" You know, I really didn't know. Well, you know, I've seen married people but I don't know. You don't know until you are in it what marriage really is. And he says, well, it's kind of like a pool. We have to jump in and see. And so we um, decided to get married and jumped in and saw. And it was, it was, um, it's just a different kind of a thing looking from outside versus looking from inside of a of a marriage. I think when you're young, you have, you, you maybe learn from books and movies. This is what what love is. This is what marriage is. But those of you who are listening who are married, you know that marriage is much more deep than that and much more wide than that and has much more in it than just sharing a bed together. <laughs> and um, so as an analogy for heaven, uh, for God has chosen marriage to be the the symbol. You know, we don't really know what it's going to be like, but we'll be with our best friend. We'll be with the one we want to be with forever. Okay, we have First Corinthians seven seven. I wish that all were as myself am, as I myself am. But each has his own gift from God. One, one kind, and one of another. Okay, he's talking in this case about marriage, justingly. And he's saying, not everyone has a gift of being single, but each has his own gift from God. And so ask yourself right now, what what is my gift from God? And we know that gift from God are th- those, those things he's entrusted to us, including our friends and our resources. Those are gifts they are gifts from the grace of God, right? They are out of his hand. He's put he's given to us family, children, food, car, home, parents, neighbors. These are the gracious gifts of God that give us joy, right? And so we can rejoice in everything because joy doesn't come from those things. It comes from recognizing grace. 1 Corinthians 12.4 This is in the context of spiritual gifts. It says, Therefore I inform you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different ministries but the same Lord. So Again, he's mentioning different gifts, varieties of gifts uh, for the f- coming through us into the church initially and from the church as a whole out into the world, right? And, and those gifts in particular for the church might be encouragement and hospitality and instruction Wisdom, words of wisdom, prayer, your heart, you know, compassion for uh, the needy. We all should have all of these as well, but sometimes some people just have an extra compassion or extra amount of those, uh, those charismas from God. We have 1 Corinthians 12 9, which is a few verses later. He mentions it again. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. So, you know, it's given. Now, the word given here is not the word grace, but we know that grace is a synonym for the gift. So, gifts of healing... By that one spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in various tongues. And to still other interpretation of tongues. And it continues. So why does God give these gifts? It's by the spirit. For the church. And from the church out into the world. Verse 28 chapter 12. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So the word gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various t- kinds of tongues is explaining again that this is, this is part of that machine, right? It's like if you imagine, like we mentioned the water cycle, Grace is like the water that comes down. It's coming down as a gift and it's going out. So all of these gifts, all of these things are from grace. And this word gift is, as we said, the operation of grace. The operation of grace as a noun. Two verses later are all... Apostles are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? So the answer obviously is no, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, which is our next verse in 31. So eagerly desire the greater gifts. And then he says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. And we know that's when he says... He starts talking about love. So what is the connection between the gifts and love? It's one verse. And now I show you a still more excellent way. And he starts 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, as so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So this has the word rejoice, doesn't it? it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth and will come... We'll come back around to that. But the connection between gifts and love should be very clear. You see, if you're doing the thing, but it's not from grace, then it's not what we're talking about. It's nothing. The goodness counts only as it's done from grace. And didn't Jesus hint at that when he said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick or in prison and you came to visit me. And they say, when did we see you do that? And he said, whatever you do to the least of these, my brethren, you did to me. So he hints that the the source of the desire is what gives credit to that as being um, from from him or a reflection of who you really are, right? So you might have all of these external things, but that's not what it's about. It's about the cause. Why are you speaking in the tongues of men and angels? Why are you having prophetic powers? Why are you understanding mysteries and knowledge? Why do you have faith? Why do you give away what you have or deliver your body to be burned, right? the the cause the cause for that should be the love which is coming down from the father right coming down in this charisma machine all right we have the next word here which is cairo first corinthians seven thirty. what i'm saying brothers is that the time is short from now on those who have wives should live as if they had none And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who use the things of this world as if not dependent on them, for this world and in its present form is passing away. So what is this talking about? Let's ask our question. Is this the joy that comes sourced in God? No, not exactly. This is saying something else. If you're mourning, if you're rejoicing, don't forget you're thinking of the wrong thing. He's saying the world in its present form is passing away. Don't be dependent on the things that are in this world that cause joy, the things in this world that cause mourning. He's saying we are working on a different level here, on a different plane. Next verse is 13, verse 6. We just said that. Uh, Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. All right, let's unpack this for a second. Is this a joy that is sourced in God's grace? Okay, so obviously we're not going to rejoice at wrongdoing and be a Christian. We shouldn't rejoice at wrongdoing and be a Christian, or we should check ourselves if our Joy is coming from something bad that happened to someone, right? It doesn't say curse your enemies. It says bless your enemies, pray for those who do evil against you, right? It says it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So rejoicing with the truth, is that sourced in God? Well, yes. In the context of love, rejoicing should come from promoting true things. I'm thinking of how is it that in love, we're talking about relationship with people, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. What kind of a truth do we have in relationships that has to do with love? One thing I think it doesn't necessarily mean is just blurting out truth to people. Well, truth hurts. Well, yes, truth hurts. But like when I was telling, I was sharing about um, when I spent time with my friend and she didn't like to hear the truth of the gospel, but I still spoke the truth. It's not wrong to speak truth in that case. But sometimes, you know, the whole, how do I look in this dress, right? You don't want to, you don't want to lie. You don't want to tell the truth. You want to say nothing in that case. If it doesn't, if the person doesn't look good, but I don't know if that's what this is talking about. Let's think. As a contrast to evil, truth would mean uh, Christian things, right? So, if you're looking out at that person, I'm not happy about them doing wrongdoing, even if it's for their benefit. I'm happy when they are living in the truth. I rejoice when they are walking in the truth, right? And there is a verse Second John 1, 4. I was overjoyed to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father has commanded us. So the idea of walking in the truth, I think maybe is one of the the things that would be here. We're happy about them in the faith and not happy about them uh, being evil love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in the truth, uh, orienting your relationship with that person to truth. You know, always wanting to turn the conversation to Christ. Next verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 17. This is toward the end. Uh, he says, I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence. Okay, so he's rejoicing. Is this a joy that is sourced in the grace of God? It is. He's rejoicing. He's very glad that his friends have come. And this is when God's grace comes out of us into the others at the church. So this is the grace of God. All right, now let's look at the word karees. Okay, there are nine times that the word karees is in the book of 1 Corinthians. And first one is right at the beginning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We should put this on our hearts. When we greet people, we should, if we don't say it, instead of saying hello, if only we could say grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That would be such a neat way to greet people. But instead we say hello, which, by the way, has a very interesting history. And we can talk about that another time. No, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, The word hello was initially a word that was used to call somebody from far away, kind of an animal herding sound. And then it was used on ships to call out to other ships as they were passing. Hello, hello. And it was used, I think, in the rhyme of the ancient mariner. That's how new the word is. And do you know who really made the word hello popular is Thomas Edison when he was using the telephone. And he said hello. He actually didn't want people to keep saying hello. He wanted them to say ahoy when they answered the telephone. But instead of people saying ahoy, they ended up saying hello like like his first uh, conversation was. And then there's a book from the, um, the early 1900s that is etiquette, telephone etiquette, what to say, how to use a telephone. And they said to say hello when you pick up the phone and goodbye when you hang up on the phone. So it's a very interesting story. I will link to some of the material I found about that. And it is not related to the word Hail which is what I was hoping to find, that hello is another word of saying hail or or peace. But it is not. Alas, it is not. So back to the regular scheduled program. We have 1 Corinthians 3.10. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. According to the grace of God given to me. Okay, so this is a, an account of, of this charisma machine. We have grace is given to him and he is laying a foundation. I laid a foundation. So this is that The grace of God coming down, giving gifts to his church in order for the church to be built. Alright, 1030. For why should my freedom be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced? Because of that for which I give thanks. So where is the word here for grace? Partake with thankfulness or if by grace. We did see that. Uh, sometimes the word grace is translated as thankfulness or thanking. And this is how, this is our response to God. You remember that it goes back up, like in the water cycle, goes back up to God as the praises go up to God. And as the thankfulness for the gifts goes up to God, it is grace to God. Grace doesn't only come down, it goes back up. Okay, we have 1 Corinthians 15, 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. We hear it three times. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. And he says the grace of God that is with me. It was not me that worked, but it was the grace of God that is working in him. So if, uh, if there is no love, it's not anything, right? If there's, and I'm equating love as the, I'm sure we're going to discover how love is connected to grace. If we didn't already, the gifts are given, but love is a part of that. John talks about that a lot in First John. Without love, you are not a believer. So love is a part of this charisma machine. We're gonna uh, we'll, we'll put that on our list of things too to, to um, dissect in the upcoming uh, words today in First Corinthians and in the upcoming uh, epistles. So we have three times and all of it is in the charisma machine by the grace of God I am what I am His grace to me was not in vain and it was God's grace working not him working God's grace is the thing that is life in a sense it's life it, the the thing is alive we we look at something that's dead and we're like, what is this thing that is life that they lost you know life and in the in the economy of God in the charisma machine, the life of the charisma machine, the energy the the thing moving through it is. Is this grace? Okay, three more times that we have the word grace in 1 Corinthians. We have it in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and that is the word caris. Thanks be to God. Grace be to God. Caris be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's going back up to him. He has given victory and they rejoice remember, do you recall what Jesus said to the disciples when they came back after being so excited about the things that they had done? He said, "Don't rejoice that you've done these, but rejoice that your name is written in the in heaven that you are part of the kingdom of God, right So instead of rejoicing in this world, we, we turn it back into grace we turn it, we, we keep it as grace, I guess you could say, we rejoice." And we grace it back up to God. We caress it to God. We give thankful thanks to God. Okay, 1 Corinthians 16.3. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. Okay, this is not the word accredit. This is the word gift to Jerusalem. So it's the grace going toward the people of God from Jerusalem. God coming down out toward others right and he's carrying a coll- he's making a collection to help the people who are struggling in Jerusalem through help from the Corinthians the last time we see it in first Corinthians is first Corinthians 16 23 can you guess you can guess he always ends his letter with it doesn't he the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you it sure would be nice if we could say that to people in greeting, I would recommend, and I'm going to do this on my on my emails, you're going to start seeing it. If you get emails from me, I'm going to change my my signature line to say this, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. I can say that even to non-Christians, because I do want that grace to come down to them. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are very grateful for the word grace. We are grateful for the charisma machine where where grace comes down from the Father, flows through us, blesses us, takes care of us, meets every one of our needs, brings us through the difficulties, through the valley of the shadow of death, through, through enemies facing us closely. You keep giving in face of those enemies. You um, anoint our head with oil, our cup runneth over. Lord, we thank you that your grace is extending out to people of the church to meet their needs and to b- build them up in their faith and then from the church out into the world we bring your grace and as Joshua did we bring grace along with the warning of judgment and we thank you for this gift of reconciliation the the uh, ministry of reconciliation that you've given to us this grace that we can carry we can hand carry to our friends give us opportunities lord pray this in, in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to Grace and Mercy Podcast with author Darlene Bojek. This has been episode 17 in season 2, Applying Grace. You can find the show notes for the episode including links to these things that we talked about at graceandmercypodcast.com. Uh don't forget to pick up your your bookmark by going there. And the question of the week, where have you been hurt? by an absence of Christian grace and Chica is saying hello to you as well. Make sure to answer any of the questions of the week on the show notes page or send a WhatsApp audio message and I will share that on the podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Bye bye.